Hello, and welcome to Talk Stories. I'm your host, Maria Bell. I'm going to be talking to people all over the world about their beautiful dogs. Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Lisa Smith. She is a professor of criminology at the University of Leicester in England. Hey, Lisa, how are you doing? I'm really well, Maria. How are you? I'm well, too. How is everything in Leicester? Everything in Leicester is is great. We've had some pretty stormy weather over the last week, but it seems to have settled down now. I heard there were like really high winds. Yes, everything was blowing around my garden and trees were down. And so it was a, a little bit dramatic, but it's all over now. So Wow, that's cool. Yeah. And Leicester is where exactly, Lisa? Leicester is in uh, England and it's kind of, it's, it's part of the Midlands. So it's right in the middle of the country. I think I'm right that it's the, the most kind of middle, the most central city, about an hour north of London on the train and kind of just east of Birmingham. You work at the university there in Leicester. I do. Yeah, I work in the School of Criminology uh, at the University of Leicester and uh, I'm a professor of criminology there and I've been here since 2006. Oh my gosh. How did you yeah. how did you get to Leicester? What was that story? Oh, it's kind of a random one because um, I was working actually at the same company that my mom worked with, uh, worked for, mm-hmm. and um, I was kind of looking for a change and I always wanted to do a PhD. And um, I applied for two jobs at the exact same time. One was at the University of Leicester to do a PhD and, and be a lecturer. And then the other one was um, this job for the police back home in Ontario. And um, I thought I was absolutely perfectly suited for the police job. And I didn't even get an interview, but I got hired for the job at Leicester, which I thought was a real long shot. So wow, it It was such a great opportunity. And I've been here ever since. And it's been wonderful. I know I've been following along your career from listening to your mom. And and uh, it's it's amazing what you've accomplished. Well, and and don't forget, you've been to Leicester, remember? I do remember. It was very charming. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And yeah. speaking of your mom, um, we just did an interview with her and your childhood dog, Captain, yes. which was kind of interesting. And yeah. now we're going to talk about your dog that you had after you kind of left home. you kind of grown up yeah. and left home. So that's Ozzy, right? Ozzy, yes. Oh, and what kind of a dog was Ozzy? Ozzy was um, a mutt or a mixed breed. I, I tend to prefer the mixed breeds. I think they're, you know, kind of in many ways a lot more interesting than the the purebred dogs. So I always tend to have a soft spot for the mixed breeds. And he was half collie, so like Lassie. A rough collie. Yeah, and half Australian cattle dog. Oh, there's yeah. a bundle of energy. Yes, he was. So he looked kind of like Lassie, like he had the color scheme of Lassie and he was big like a collie, but he had short kind of coarse hair like a a cattle dog. And so, yeah, the Australian cattle dogs, you probably know, they're really hardworking dogs. So he had a lot of energy. He had a lot of herding instincts as well. Oh, my gosh. He was uh, he you know what? If we if we had people over the house or something and say there was six people sitting around in the living room and one person got up to go to the bathroom or the kitchen or whatever you could see the panic in his face like he wanted everybody to be in one place and he didn't know whether to leave the group and go get the one who left or stay with the group <laughs> like he, yeah he was constantly trying to keep groups of people or animals or whatever together yeah oh, oh my gosh and did he um did you you didn't have any other pets did you have a, a 
other pets that that he was wanting to herd or was it just you and him at that point um so i had so my mom mentioned this actually in her um, episode of your podcast i i still had the iguana at the time and uh also the ferret that she mentioned in her podcast so (laughs) yeah robin so he grew up with so ozzy grew up with both of them around um he didn't really uh i'm not he didn't really try to herd them around i mean he wasn't too sure about the iguana to be honest um and rodman the the ferret was just like he just wanted to play all the time and so ozzy really loved that yeah because he was pretty playful so probably totally unheardable (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah no absolutely yeah you couldn't get rubbed or anything oh my goodness yeah, so he had mind of his own i have to say that you know i've known you since you were like little yeah. <laughs> like really little and mm-hmm. now you're dr lisa smith and oh my goodness that's just so incredible but i find it a little bit unusual to to you know call you dr lisa smith <laughs> So I'll just keep calling you Lisa. Lisa's perfectly (laughs) fine. I prefer that anyway. (laughs) So Lisa, tell us about Ozzy. You have a story about him. Yeah. um, So one story that came to mind when I was thinking um, about Ozzy when you invited me to do this podcast. Well, there's two two quick ones, actually. So I always crate trained him when he was a puppy. Um, And I, I really quite, I like crate training because the crate kind of becomes, I don't know, the dog's like safe kind of personal space and he loved his crate so our bedtime routine was you know I would get ready for bed he'd get a little biscuit and he'd go into his crate and he had blanket in there and he'd get all curled up and go to sleep and eventually because he was a big dog so he probably weighed about 80 pounds and so it was a big crate and it was in my bedroom which was a bit of an eyesore so I when he grew up and he didn't really need the crate anymore I thought, well, I'm going to get rid of it and just let him sleep wherever he wants. So I got him a really nice big dog bed and I put it in a corner in the bedroom. And the very first night that I decided to get rid of the crate, I dismantled it, took it out of the room and he looked really confused. (laughs) And so I kind of just continued with the normal bedtime routine. I gave him a biscuit and then I got into bed and turned the light off. And I could hear him kind of walking around the room because he didn't know where to go. And I had showed him the dog bed, but he wasn't interested. (laughs) And so I decided to just get into bed and pretend to be asleep and just ignore him and let him go wherever he wanted. So I hear him walking around the room and he's sniffing around and he's trying to figure out where to go. And then he jumps on the bed and I'm laying on my stomach pretending to be asleep. And I thought, well, let's just see what happens here. And what happened was he ended up uh, finding the most comfortable place for him to sleep, which was entirely on top of me. Like oh, his no. entire massive body with his head on the pillow right next to my ear, sort of oh. sniffing in my face and licking the side of my face. And I thought, well, I'm just going to ignore this for a minute because he'll go away. <laughs> and he didn't go away. He kind of adjusted himself to get comfortable and he was crushing me. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this isn't going to work. Oh. Uh, so it was it was a bit of a long night. But then he ended up having a really, really cute nighttime routine, which was he would when I went to bed he would jump on the bed and he would fall asleep right at the foot of the bed completely out of my way like he wasn't taking up any room and then as soon as I fell asleep he would jump off the bed and spend the rest of the night asleep in his dog bed oh my gosh so so it's like he just wanted to know I was asleep and then he would do his own thing yeah but that first night was rough in effect hurting you to the bed again yeah making sure you were in your space where you're supposed to be before he could relax that's funny yeah, like really that crazy. first night was I thought, oh my gosh, this this can't go on because I can't breathe. <laughs> he was no, absolutely crushing. Me. Yeah, he was so <laughs> cute. 
Uh, I know the dogs get, you know, protective and cuddly at the same time. You don't know what to do. You know. Yeah, no. And I just thought, well, if I ignore him, he'll go away. But no, no. he thought if I've got to sleep outside my crate, I'm going to sleep right on top of you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he was well, so cute. <laughs> yeah. They all are. And, yeah. and you have another story as well. Yeah, is this the swimming one? The swimming story. Yeah, the swimming story. So the first time I took him away for a weekend away, a bunch of friends and I had um, like rented a cottage up north. So we, we took him up there and there was a big lake and we'd rented a boat. And so he'd never really been in water. He'd been around water. I used to take him for a walk down by the lake, you know, in uh, Oakville. And he was OK, you know, like on the shores of the lake, putting his feet in the water, but he'd never actually been swimming. So I kind of wanted him to get comfortable swimming and I tried and tried for days to coax him into the lake I had big sticks he loved big sticks and I was trying to you know come get the stick I'd throw the stick in the water and he he wouldn't go past his ankles basically um and so I thought oh this is kind of a bummer because I was hoping he would you know and it was really hot as well I thought it would help cool him down so eventually I swam out a little ways into the lake and I was calling him and trying to get him come and he was barking and he didn't want to come so I decided to pretend I was in trouble Oh. And I sort of started splashing around and like sort of pretending like I was drowning. And oh, he instantly my. jumped off a dock. So at this point he was on the boat dock and he just jumped full body dive into the water and kind oh. of swam really awkwardly out to me. Um, and yeah, and then he swam for the rest of the week. And but, he loved it once he yeah. figured it out. And that just attests to a dog's um keenness to the change in energy from that person mm. you know like yeah it's pretty amazing yeah and you could really see his face like he realized oh my gosh like something's uh-oh. wrong and if i gotta do something um he has fallen and, in the well <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that was his lassie instinct kicking in yeah um, and yeah and he came out and saved me and then yeah he was a huge fan of the water after that so he just had to kind of but i didn't want to you know throw him in the water or something so no. I, didn't, I didn't want him to be traumatized but um, but yeah, then he realized he could swim and he, and he loved it after that. Wow. That's kind of yeah. neat. Yeah. And in your line of work, do you ever work with dogs? Um, I don't work with dogs directly, but I come across dogs from time to time. So, um, I've been around a lot of police dogs. Um, we take, um, visiting sort of police forces from different countries who come to visit. We take them to the local police headquarters and they have a big, um, canine unit there. So they usually put on quite a good show. They take out a couple of the dogs and they show us some of their like agility training and their um, kind of, you know, they do like the mock attacks where they put the the big styrofoam thing around their arm and, and pretend to be a bad guy and the dogs take them down. So that that's pretty impressive because the dogs are really beautiful and the, the police officers and the dogs have such an amazing connection between them, like the handlers and their dogs. Um, and then we also bring dogs into the university during exam time. We have sort of dog therapy for students oh. so they can come and play with with dogs to kind of ease some of the, the stress of their exam periods. So I get to see them from time to time. Um, That's great. I, yeah. I've been hearing a lot about that lately in schools. I mean, you hear about it in hospitals and in um, places of for comfort. But yeah. uh, lately it's becoming a big uh, trend for schools as well and and anywhere where people need a little bit of comfort and you know there's nothing better than cuddling a dog oh huh. there's nothing like relieve stress like petting a dog mm-hmm. you know yeah. or a cat if you're a cat person but dogs I think dogs are more 
I don't know, they're, they're more tuned into people's emotions and things. And so, yeah, when they know that you're upset or stressed, they tend to try and calm you down. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, they bring in some really cute dogs and, and let the students kind of play of with them. Oh yeah. yeah. Like all types of dogs. They're, they're dogs that belong to, um, citizens. Uh, to be honest, I'm not sure where the dogs come from, but I think they're probably from, um, you know, some kind of charity or company or something that provides them. Probably they take them to nursing homes and, you know, those sorts of dogs. So they're just really, really calm dogs that are not too, um, not too energetic and they just sort of love to be cuddled and it calms all the students down and Good idea. Yeah. And what about you? Do you get a cuddle once in a while? Uh, I haven't. But no, I, you know what? This is the first sort of period. So living here since 2006 has been the first time in my life that I haven't been around. Well, lots of animals, but dogs in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the one. Yeah, I do miss it like crazy. I love having a dog. There's nothing like coming home. And there's a dog waiting for you like it's. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's the best true. feeling. Yeah. yeah, so I do miss Absolutely. it, but because I have to travel a lot and stuff, it's not really, my lifestyle doesn't really allow me to have one, but I would have one in a second again if I could. Well, you probably have a friend or two that has a dog that can, uh, you know, fill that void. Yeah, absolutely. And there's actually a, there's a charity um, group in Leicester. Well, I think they're UK wide called the Cinnamon Trust. And they do, um, you can sign up to be a volunteer dog walker. Or oh. like, you know, the elderly and people around who can't get their dogs out um, as often as they want to. So I've been mm-hmm. thinking about signing up for that because I think that would be a good way to get a bit of dog time. You're right. Yeah. So that would be awesome. Yeah. So I might I might try and do that when I have some time. Well, I hope you do that. And I yeah. thank you so much for, um, jo- you know, joining me today and having this little chat about our favorite subject. No problem. Thanks Besides- for inviting me. Besides forensics, of course. Yes. Thanks for joining me today, Lisa. It was a pleasure talking to you and learning about Ozzy and all his fun little stories. No problem. Thanks so much for the invitation, and uh, I look forward to hearing the next episode. Oh, thanks. Yeah, if you know of anybody that has a story and wants to join me, send them my way. I will. All right. Bye for now, Lisa. Thanks again. Okay, bye. Bye. Do you have a dog story you'd like to share with us? Send me an email, dogsofoakville at gmail.com. Bye for now, and thanks for listening. Music provided by bensound.com and sound effects by zapsplat.com.